Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Welcome. I'm Jillian Moss Backman. And it's really hard to believe, but we are already into our third week of the July series I started on showcasing nonprofits that usually don't get media attention that need our attention as much as the larger ones. You know, it reminds me of Thanksgiving dinner. You know how you prepare, 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 right, 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 right. And then the dinner's over in like 15 minutes. That's what it feels like with this series. You know, I've been researching and writing and putting everything together in a split second. It's gone in a couple weeks. If you haven't been following me along in the last couple months, you probably realize by now that I have been featuring these lesser-known nonprofits that won that contest I had several weeks back. And the the response was overwhelming, and I was really happy about it. But I decided during that time I was going to turn my radio airtime over to put a little spotlight in smaller charities out there that don't have access to larger audience that we can do. And if you've been following along, week two, oh, I got to tell you, if you haven't heard the show It was a real gut-wrencher for me and everybody else that heard it. And they were the winners of the category in children. And the name of their charity was the Children's Wall of Tear. This is an organization that's outside of California. And they've built this moving installation art piece that they're going across America. And it has inscribed on it these children's names that have lost their lives to some kind of abuse and violence. Even the show that I did last week had graphic nature about the subject, and it was really hard to listen while they told these excruciating stories of things that people have done to children in the past and continue to do in the future. And their purpose for this wall is to keep their names of these young children alive in mind and hearts and that we need to keep fighting for stricter laws and punishment for those perpetrators that continue to do this out among us. Hopefully, it will lead to changes in the law and a deterrent that will keep these tragedies down in our communities. If you weren't able to listen to that, go back to the Blog Talk Radio Change Already podcast vault, as I call it, and take a listen You know, they're always looking for volunteers and funds to keep this project moving across America. 
So I want to lighten the mood just a little bit this week, and I want to talk about our third category winner, which is the arts. And everybody knows if you've been following along with me for all these years in my radio career, I love the arts. It's just something that's near and dear to my heart. And and as a child, I was introduced to some lovely artists. And I have a gaggle of friends that are the most creative artists around me. So I have a little tenderness in my heart for it. But never in my wildest dreams as I was putting this all together did I realize that we're becoming a society that's becoming somewhat artless. If you've been watching the public schools, they're across the country, they're being forced to tighten their budgets and make ends meet any way they can. And unfortunately, the the curriculum that deems peripheral, I suppose, if you want to call it something, are making their way to the cutting block at an alarming rate. And friends, this unfortunately includes the art programs at the top of the list which is such a shame for all of us. I just really can't imagine the next generation growing up without the arts of some kind. Because if you look at the arts, scientific studies reflect significant healthy benefits to all of us, even in as little interaction of any kind. It gives our children and adults, quite frankly, the ability to unbridle that part of ourselves that's unfiltered and creative imagination and gives it us a place to express it to the rest of the world. So I'm a little nervous and concerned that we are going to grow kids up without this freedom of expression. But what I like about this next nonprofit, if indeed that's where we're going, and I'm praying that we're not, I hope you're with me in that whole resolution, I'm hoping that people like the Sam Bass Theater, located in Round Rock, Texas, woohoo, Texas, that's where I'm from, is doing and filling the gap up of this this lull that's becoming in our societies and communities. Let me tell you a little bit about it, and then I'll bring our guests on. You have to go to their website. It's this little, charming, and lovely small theater that I said is located in Round Rock. And it's been filling this gap for a long time, since 1981, I believe. And what's so fascinating is they are ahead of the curve, right? They intuitively knew that something was going to come down the pipe, that they would be able to be ahead of the curve and fill in this blank of where we're going. If you read their lovely story, it's a humble beginnings that started in the original depot building for the Union Pacific Railroad. I love history like that. And the building is very cute, and it looks like it has been repurposed for such a lovely idea. In 1984, they expanded to their new location, and they've been there ever since, where both adults and children work side-by-side interacting and presenting these full page productions throughout the year, and it looks like, I'm going to ask this question, but from what I can read, it looks like local experts are mentoring through different programs during the summer and things in all aspects of the theater. I think we think of the theater only being the ones in the front, the on-air actors, but the reality is there's lots of different aspects that can grow into careers for young people and adults. Their spokesperson for today is Veronica Pryor. Hi, Veronica. Hi. 
Nice to be here. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, uh, Before we were talking, you know, I always do a pre-interview, and you said you were surprised that you guys got picked. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Why? Well, I'm just so pleased. I never thought we would. And we're very small, and we just kind of sit here, and we've been doing what we do since the early 1980s. Actually, the late 70s was when we actually started. And uh, it just kind of seems like that there would be so many others that would be more, I don't know, worthy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My kind dear, word, you know, but... there were a lot of entries, but you're worth it. I Did I open up that and tell a little bit more about your process and what you do at the theater for the local community? Sure. Well, we started out, we're called the Sam Bass Theater because we're named after an outlaw, <laughs> Um, who came here from Tennessee in the late 1800s, robbed a bank, got shot, and died in the middle of downtown Round Rock. And uh, we have a sandbass road, and we have a lot of sandbass things around here. And the theater was named for him because the first production we did was a play about him. And that's all the theater did. And that kind of morphed into a street production. They would do a reenactment of this bank robbery, for a festival, Frontier Days, in the summertime, and we evolved into doing that. And then gradually we started doing other things as well, but we still stuck with the name because by then people were starting to recognize it and we didn't want to change it, you know. So, so Sam Bass Theater, well, you we are. That, yeah, you don't have that on your website, though. I don't remember reading anything about that history. That's really interesting. It's kind of fun, yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm, well, I guess, I'm the old lady now. There's a couple of other people that have been around longer, but I started with the theater in 1983, and I had never done that. I was one of those people that went to a school that had no theater. I had had no idea that this was going to be fun. And I went to an audition, and I got cast. And I've never looked back. I, the first show I acted, the second one I costumed, because they found out I could sew, you know, you know how that goes. But we're strictly all volunteers. Nobody gets paid here. And we put on shows that um, have won awards, at, at Austin area theater awards. And some of our kids have, some of our kids from the from the Youth Guild um, have been on TV shows. We had one on Smash, and he's also done some um, Law & Order SUV episodes. And he's been on Broadway. We've got a couple of them on Broadway, actually. And one that's the stage manager of a theater and a couple of lighting designers and whatnot because we teach tech as well as acting. But with you talking about taking theater out of the schools... One of the things that worries me about that is that you can always tell if a person, a young adult or in college, has to get up and make a classroom presentation. If they have a background in speech and theater, they're going to do a far better job than somebody who doesn't because they, they lose that nervousness. I mean, we learn, we teach our kids 
to deal with nervousness. Yes, you're going to be nervous. Yes, there is stage fright, and you are going to suffer from it. And if you didn't, we would worry about you. (laughs) Yeah, really? You take that stage fright and you use it and do the best you can with it. You use it to energize your performance. And this is something that really comes in handy because I don't think there's anybody in this world that does not at some point in their life have to get up and address a group of people, whether it's just a bunch yeah, of people you're in right. living now, room. Yeah, now that you say that, that is kind of a dying art, isn't it? They really don't have to do those kind of things until college. You're right. Um, and if you, you're, I can't think of very many jobs or careers that you don't have to give some kind of presentation. So I can see how this is working now. Expand on the youth guild. I saw that, and what age does that start? We, our youngest member that that I can ever remember having in there was maybe two, but for the most Whoa. part, we like them to be able to read. And as soon as they can read, then we get them reading. And as soon as they can read, they're on stage. They're encouraged to audition for the Youth Guild shows. We have workshops several times a year where they'll learn anything from makeup to hairstyling to puppetry to public speaking to how to audition. Uh, We started that, I want to say, sometime in the early 90s. Pretty sure, yeah. Um, we had a young lady that came in uh, in the early 90s, and she was about, I think, about 15. And within a couple of years, her mother worked, still works with us. And the late, young lady's name is now Tara Bonds, and she's directing the Youth Guild show right now. They're probably, yep, they're in rehearsal right now. And uh, it's uh, it's called Bugsy Malone Jr. And it's a musical. And they're going to be singing and dancing. And apparently it's going to involve silly string. Which oh my gosh. <laughs> we're very much looking forward to. But that particular production. Hey, I would amazing. be looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. It's a It's a main stage production, which means there will be 14 performances. And they will, yeah, and they the the parents help too, of course, but they costume themselves. And really? the stock, we have a costume, we have a lot of costumes. And they can pull from stock, or, and sometimes, like one year we did Aladdin, and we had one wonderful mom that built and got the other moms organized to design and build these things that we needed for Aladdin. And they sing, they dance, the uh, choir teacher from the middle local middle school is with us. And the director is also the theater teacher at the local middle school. By local, I mean the one that's within walking distance of the theater. Round Rock has grown in the past 30-odd years from about 11,000 people to over 100,000. So, yeah, that area has really, really grown since I left. I have a couple yeah. questions. Okay, 
So do those programs that you put on cost people, the Youth Guild and all these different programs you're talking about, is there a cost associated to that? A Youth Guild membership is $5 per child per year. And all the wow. workshops and, and all the workshops and whatnot are free to members of the Youth Guild. And for kids that are not members of the Youth Guild, then they cost $5. Now, if you've got, say, six kids in the Youth Guild, and we have had families with that many kids in there, um, oh my. then the, max, the maximum that the membership can be is $20. So, you know, if okay. past four kids, the rest of them are free. But we, I like we, this. Yeah, we we like to keep the price down because Correct. there's a niche for that. You know, I mean, the kids. Some of them are still in elementary school, and they go all the way through until they graduate from high school, and then they do fundraisers throughout the year too. And there's a scholarship named for my in-laws, actually Paul and Addie Pryor. Um, started a scholarship and it's $500 goes to a graduating senior from one any one of the local high schools. And then there's a $250 board, uh, San Bass Board of Directors scholarship. And these go to the people, the kids that have worked the hardest. You know? And sometimes we'll yeah. have extra fundraisers. If we have three or four graduating We'll have extra fundraisers to try and and give all some more, you know, because well, we, how we big are the production? Yeah, they're very exactly. small. It, the, the the theater only holds fifty people in the audience. I mean, you know, when you look at the Ooh, pictures on really, the website, very yeah. intimate. And very. This one, the most I can remember having on stage there, and it was an, that was for an adult show, I think, was uh, when we did Inherit the Wind, and we had 40-something people in that, I want to say. Um, the kid shows, I know, I whenever somebody wants us to do uh, the best Christmas pageant ever, which is one of my favorite kid shows, and people always ask me to direct it because they know I have so much fun with it. And usually I cast everybody. Um, if you don't have a speaking role, you're in the angel choir. And sometimes, you know, That's we have that maybe. Yeah. Well, the angel choir sometimes has the most fun. And they have the simplest <laughs> costumes. <laughs> but hey, that's a fun I like show. that. I love Make it that simple. Show. Yeah. Well, how much are the tickets? Uh, we, we charge $18 a base rate, but there's a discount for senior citizens, military, and teachers. And uh, But a main stage production will be $18. I think the kids' show during the year, the, the summer show, that price holds. But when we do the smaller kids' shows, um, the prices are lower. Those are mostly, well, you know, they I just run two or three performances. And it runs year-round, doesn't it? I mean, I looked at your yes. schedule of events and your place, so it's all year-round. Do you do you get a lot of neighbor kids? I, w I would think that a lot of kids would come out to be a part of it as something to do because, you know, 
it gets a little boring out there doing the same old stuff, keeps the kids off the streets and entertained, and they're learning something at the same time. I think it's fascinating. Right. Lesson number one for the youth guild and everybody else involved in the theater. But the first thing they learn is if it's not yours, don't touch it. And that is one of the <laughs> hardest. That's cute. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, when I was doing, the last time I did Christmas pageant, the first thing when the kids all came in, I had them all seated in the house before we started rehearsal. And I would say, what's rule number one? And they'd all come back at me in chorus. If it's not yours, don't touch it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you they, got do it. they take that rule home, uh, Veronica? Do they take that rule home with them? If it's not yours, don't touch it. <laughs> some of them do and some of them don't. <laughs> oh, I'm sure not. Well, it sounds really fun there, and it sounds whimsical, and it sounds like it's just a place where kids can come and really go deep within their souls and touch something that the arts brings out in people. I suppose you have people coming back year after year to participate. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Most of our board of directors, well, at least half of them have been with the theater at least. 10 years, and their kids have grown up at the theater just as mine did. All my kids, I have three grown children and three grandchildren, and my youngest grandson is still too young, but the other two have been in shows, and all three of my oh, kids lovely. have been in shows. And my son, Well, Brandon, how do you keep it? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's right. My son was in Best Christmas Pageant Ever, when he was a baby angel, two years running, oh. when he was three and four. And then years later, he played Ralph in it when he was a senior in high school. Oh, that, and, that's you know, a really cute story. I loved it. And both my daughters have been in the best Christmas pageant ever as well. And I bet you got some good pictures. Both my grandsons. Yeah, I was looking on the, in the gallery on the website, and I, I don't think there were any Best Christmas Pageant ever pictures up there. But uh, Aww, the, the, top, the top pictures on that are from the the last kids show we did, which was it was two one acts, uh, one called The Yellow Boat, and the other was The Secret Garden. It wasn't the musical version; it was the stage version. But for that, Ooh, we, had lang- we had dialect coaches come in. And oh, I was born kidding. in England. No, uh-uh. It was, it's wonderful. I was born in England and raised in Canada and moved here to Texas about 40 years ago. And I was impressed with the different British accents that they developed because there are so many characters in the Secret Garden that have different accents. Um, yeah, that uh, the gardener and and the little kids, you know, and the the wealthy kids and servants in the house, and um, and the little girl that comes from India has a different accent because she was born in India. So the I was really impressed with their work, the work they did with dialect, and I love that. You know, I just I would like that to too. Yeah, and they you know the, they work. Go ahead. 
they worked so hard on it. I mean, not just the dialect, but the body language and uh, even set changes for that. Because we have a really small stage. And the set crew was mostly comprised of the cast themselves. And just as they moved about the stage, take this, turn it around, bring that on, you know, and voila, you're in the garden. And then oh, turn it all around that. the other way and and uh, bring out the pillars and bring in the bedstead and and you're back in the bedroom. And it was beautifully choreographed and orchestrated. I was so because I didn't work on that one and and uh, when I went and saw it, I was so impressed with it. Oh my gosh! Wish I were closer. I'd be coming every week. <laughs> I wish you were too. <laughs> I can you know what? So, I know. Um, one of the reasons I did this whole series, Veronica, is to shed light and help those out there that are doing worthy causes and charities that need things. From the prices that you're telling me, to be honest with you, it sounds like those are kept rather low. How mm-hmm. in the world are you people maintaining the building, the cost, the people, the you know, how are you doing that? I mean, do you have donors? Are you looking for donors? How do you keep do. going? Okay, tell us about we, that. We are always looking for donors. <laughs> we, what we need is somebody on our board who is an expert in, in grant writing, which is something that we're hoping that we have now. Um the city of Round Rock gives us a little money every year from their entertainment fund, arts council fund is what it is, I think. And we have we sell memberships, of course, but even that's a very reasonable price. And we have donors up to and including Angel, you know, from the family donors like me, who <laughs> don't have a lot of money. To, yeah. to invest in the theater, um, up to people that will, will invest a thousand dollars or more. Right now, we're trying to build a new annex because what happened was was that we were we were given the building, so we don't have to pay rent, and it sits on a city park, so we don't have to pay rent to the land either. And we've added bits to it. We added a green room onto the back of the building, and we added an, a. It looks. It's sort of like a portable building, I guess, we brought in years ago that was supposed to be temporary for an annex. And it's not so temporary. We had our buildings and grounds person in there rebuilding the bathroom floors because I was fairly certain somebody was going to fall through a commode and all at some point. But we built built a barn for um, storage of costumes and props and to give us some workspace. And we find we have to we had to fence the whole compound, and turns out we have to even fence our air conditioners because you know copper prices have gone high. Yeah, that's very strange. It's it's been yeah it's interesting, but yes, anybody can donate or join as a member through the website. Um, The uh, the email address for that is info, I-N-F-O, at sambasstheater.org. And Sambass Theater is S-A-M-B-A-S-S, 
T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org. And it's all one word, all lowercase. Um, but if you want to find the website, the easiest way really is to just Google Sam Bass Theater. And we're the first. Hey, that's that. what I did. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Because I said. Yeah, that's know, what I do. Everybody does. It's, I mean, not that it's, it's not my It's a lazy bookmark. way. Yeah, exactly. Well, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. Well, I really want to petition out there that somebody that's compelled to gift to this worthy cause. I really enjoyed their website and was so inspired, and it was just lovely to see the interaction between the adults and children through the arts. So it sounds like there's lots of different ways that people can give back to you, Veronica. They can come out and volunteer their services and their expertise, and they can also gift through a membership or just a gift of uh, finances at any level, I'm sure that it will be well appreciated. Well, we're just about out of time. I know that you have auditions for going on in the next week or so. What's that play for? That is a comedy by Jones, Hope, and Wooten, who some of them, one or the other, two of them or something, worked on the Golden Girls a oh, while ago. Fun. And so they've written a whole series of plays that are all set in the South, and they are all hilarious. And this one is called The Red Velvet Cake Wars. And I read it, and I was howling by the end of the first page. So now, that's something I, I'd like to go see. Oh, yes. last We do one of theirs fairly frequently. We did one last season called The Hallelujah Girls. It was just so much fun. But this one well, promises thank you to be for- absolutely hilarious. Well, thank you, Veronica. You did a very good job at representing Sam Bassett Theater in Round Rock, Texas, outside Austin, Texas. Again, remember, they need all sorts of help. Let's keep those arts going for the next generation. We've got to keep this momentum going. It's such an impactful part of people's lives. So thank you, Veronica. We're all out of time. Well, thank you so much for having me. Next week, I'm going to be featuring the last of the nonprofits for July, which is um, a place out of Milwaukee called Repairs of the Breach, and they help and assist homeless during the, the hours during the day. So look forward to coming back, same place, same time, high noon, Block Talk Radio. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before. Just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.